Welcome to Life Church. I'm so glad that you joined with us. We really pray that this message today will make a difference in your world. Cherish really came from me feeling a stirring in my heart to do something for uh, to gather women together. I have to admit, I never really was drawn to women's ministry. It was the last thing that I thought I would do. But I noticed this emerging of these young women and these older women and so much potential for us to do something. And there's just something about when girls get together with purpose that they're just, there's such power in that and effectiveness in it. And so I wanted to create something that would pull people together to to rally them around the greatest purpose of all, the purpose of God's kingdom, the, all those women's hands and feet coming together that was just like an army to me that were coming together to make a difference. And that excited me. And I began the journey and the momentum kicked in and it began to grow and then it grew some more and then it grew some more until now we have to have the arena as our home for Cherish. And every time I step into that arena and I see thousands upon thousands of women worshiping together, praying together, sowing seed together, crying together, laughing together. It's just this amazing cacophony of sound that is making an impact. It just, it travels further. Cherishes are coming together, but it's also ascending out. People never leave the same. Miracles happen in that atmosphere. There's such a power in all of these nations and people that are gathering. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey, but at Cherish, all those journeys somehow for those few days, find this united, coming together, power of God that operates through us and in us. And I think in our mothering or in our parenting, in our doing life, in our careers, we all are so busy uh, in this kind of treadmill of life we get on, so many things we have to take care of. To step outside of that and say, hey, we are called to set our sister up to win. We're called to set that girl up to win. We're called to set the next generation up to win something about that that is the essence of Cherish that I want people to step in and feel like wow here people are setting me up to win they want me to go further they want me to succeed I think that's something beautiful too about the atmosphere of Cherish and I love it and I love seeing new people come and experience it for the first time I want to ask you this morning to lean in. I want to ask you this morning to shake off tiredness. When Richie was up here speaking, I'm just talking to you as the mum of the house right now, and he was saying, all right, church, there was about 10 of you responded, and that's not all right, church. When someone's up here and saying, all right, church, we need a, yes, we're all right, church, just like when you say to your kids, did you hear me? And if one responds and three don't, you say it again, uh, did you hear me? Because you want to make sure that everybody heard you because you're going to ask them to do what it is that you just heard them. This morning I said in my household, we are leaving at 9.35. 9.35, you need to be ready. I was leaving at 9.40, but at 9.35, I was telling them we are going to church. And at 9.40, I was in the car with the door shut, going down the street without my daughter in the back seat. She was running after the car with the shoes in her hand because I was saying, no, you all heard me. I went round to everyone's bedroom and said, did you hear what time we're leaving? And if you said yes, then I know that you're going to be where you need to be on time. And if you're not, you chose to miss out. 
So when someone's up here and saying, hey, do we believe that God can do miracles? Okay, let's let God know we actually do believe. Let's register and let's not be lazy in church. Let's not slip into our sleep mode in church. Let's wake ourselves up on the inside. I know it's uncommon to say yes out loud. I know it's uncommon to go, yeah, that's good. I know it's not usual in Britain to get excited unless it's a football game or something like a bargain in the sales, but God help us. Could we just get excited about things that matter? Because if you're excited, guess what? Yes, come on. And can I say to some of you, you come from a different culture than our British culture. And in your culture, you're more liberated. In your culture, you have more moves than some of us white people. And in your culture, maybe you are used to saying amen out loud. Please don't let us dull you down. You set the pace, you set the tone. Don't let, don't let us hold you back. Can we just liberate? Can we liberate people to, to do some uncommon behavior in the hope that it will become common behavior? Hello. I'm not even preaching yet, but I feel I have to say that before I start preaching because I'm excited and I'm worked up and I've been working hard for the word for this morning. So I need you to at least work hard in how you receive it. Do you understand? When you cook all day for your kids and then they sit down and go, mm, all right. You feel like, wow, I mean, I spent hours on that. And when you are serving something up, we need to learn to be good eaters of God's good word because it is good stuff. Amen? All right. For a moment there, I thought I was in, you know, boring Bradford with a church that gone to sleep. Now I know you're here and you're awake and today's gonna be a great day because there's nothing boring when you're in the house of God with the people of God and tonight is gonna be soul night and it's gonna be awesome. You're gonna hear from Dave and Abs and you're gonna hear from the team here and, uh, and from Matt and Claire and from others on a team and we've got exciting things to share and it's just gonna be a great set piece day. But I wanna, just for the time I have, talk about this uncommon behavior. We are in the home series and it's going to take us doing things differently to build God's house. We can't be laid back. We can't be casual. We can't just show up when we feel like showing up. We have to commit to build something, to plant, to grow something, to give, to meet, make something happen beyond ourselves. And as I was thinking about this and went to bed actually thinking about this concept a few nights ago, God woke me up in the middle of the night and it was like a dream I had. And God doesn't do that very often to me, but when he does, I know, I know it's God and I know I need to listen up and then I know the next day when I have more about me and I'm more in the right frame of mind, I need to go and think about what it was that God said. And as I woke up in the middle of the night, I literally heard God give me this one question, Charlotte, who are you in line for? Who are you in line for? And I wanna ask the same question of every single one of you in this room today. Who are you in line for? Who are you standing in line for? Who are you taking a place for? Who are you getting in and saying, I'm gonna wait here for them. I'm gonna get in line for them. Who are you in line for? We come from a nation that is known for queuing. Hello. The great British love-hate relationship with queuing. I have actually in our nation, I have actually been in places where I have got behind people thinking they are aligned to get where I need to go only to find it wasn't even a line. I'm just stood behind people that have all just automatically began to line up. We are programmed to line up and yet we hate lining up. Anybody hate being in line and you, 
and you have to do it. You do it at the bank and you do it at the grocery store and you do it at the doctors and then God help us, you do it online. And then you do it on the telephone. And it's like, really? Can somebody not just see me now, serve me now? It's so frustrating to be in line. It says in a study that was done of Americans, it says that an average American will spend two years of their life in line. Just think about that for a moment. Two entire years of your existence are just stood in line. We have to line up. Being in line is common. Having to get in line for what you want is common. But here's what God said to me, who are you in line for? Because that is where the uncommon kicks in. That is where something different kicks in. And I had an awareness of this with the arrival of my children. Everything about lining up changed when I had children and some of you parents in here will be able to identify with what I'm saying because when I had kids, as my kids grew up, I began to volunteer to get in lines. I volunteered to get in lines that had no benefit whatsoever to me and made no difference to me whatsoever. I got in line to see a guy who an hour earlier was probably down the bar, but now was sat in a red throne with a white beard and a velvet suit. And I stand in line because I have children that want to see, sorry if you're believers, something that I don't believe in anymore. And so to, to give my children an experience, I voluntarily stood in line to see a bloke that's probably just got a job for Christmas, a part-time job, dressed up because in my heart, I'm getting in line for them, not for me. I have stood in lines to shake the hands of a princess who's not really a princess. She has no kingdom. She has no authority. She's probably on a youth training scheme. And over summer, she got a job with a crown, a tiara, and she stands there and waves royally. I have lined up for hours to meet that princess, to take a picture with that princess. I have lined up for hours to see a mouse <laughs> whose name happened to be Mickey. I have lined up for hours in heat that would tell you, don't be so foolish, go sit down, go chill out. But oh no, my children have caused me to get in line for things. I have lined up for toys that I will never play with. I have lined up for food that I don't even enjoy eating. Why? Because there's something that kicks in when you're a parent and you begin to get in line for people that are not just your selfish needs, but the needs of others. And as I was in bed, I felt God remind me, Charlotte, don't forget who you're in line for. Because it's very easy to get out of line when you forget who you're in line for. And I believe we have to have a reawakening of all of us and our responsibility to get in line, not just for ourselves, but the uncommon behavior is that we would get in line for others. If you read your Bible, when Jesus was going around doing miracles, when he was entering any town, when people heard, you will always read these scriptures that say, and people brought to him those who were sick. And people brought to him 
those who were lame, and people brought to him those that were distressed and in discontent, and people brought to him those that were demon-possessed. What was it saying? People went to find other people and said, look, I know you won't make it on your own, and I know you can't line up to see Jesus by yourself, but I am willing to get in line for you. I'm willing to get in line with you, and I'm going to take you to a place where you can get a breakthrough. Do you know how many people are not here this morning? Because they don't know that someone will get in line for them. They don't know that someone will go out of their way to bring them to a place that will change their day. They don't know that there is someone that says, let me bring you to a place where you can find an answer for what you're searching for an answer for. We, the church, are called to get in line for others. It's not like God has a queuing system, okay? It's not like there's some heavenly take a number. But there is a sense when you read the Bible that we have to come before him with prayer and petition, that we have to wait on the Lord, that we have to seek until we find, that we have to knock until we get an answer. There is a coming to him and a waiting and a believing and an asking and a seeking that is to do with coming before him, like making a line before the throne of God and saying, I bring to you God, I ask you God, I seek you God. And It's easy oftentimes to come to God for your own needs. That's common. People that don't even know him as savior call to God in times of need. God help me. They'll call to anyone, Buddha help me, anyone. They'll take anything, they'll call for their own needs, but it is very uncommon. When there's something that happens within you, like happened for me when I was a parent, that all of a sudden you're like, no, I don't just wanna get in line for myself. I actually want to get in line for other people. I actually want to get in line so that they can have their breakthrough. The house of God is a place where you must constantly ask yourself, who am I in line for? Who am I working all these hours for? Who am I making this finance for? Who am I giving my time for? Who am I going out of my way for? And if the answers all come back to your own address, then my challenge to you is that God has more kids than the ones inside your home. God has more people that need reaching than the people inside your phone book. God has people that he needs the church to say, I am going to get in line for you. At Disney World, where we have been on several occasions, there is two sets of lines that go on. There is the line that you get in with your family. There's the line you get in with your friends, but there's also a line that they introduced. It's called the single rider line. And the single rider line is literally that, if you are willing to ditch your family, which I have on several occasions. If you're willing to say, see ya later, alligator, and say to them, I wanna ride this ride more than I wanna ride it with you. You actually can get in a single rider line. And what that means is that you just go to a separate entrance and when people are getting on in their groups, say there's a, a, a ride that has four seats and a family of three are getting on, you will get shoved in the seat next to a random family, ruining all their family photographs of their vacation. <laughs> because now they have some random stranger on the end of the photo that they thought was gonna be their Disney memory, and there's you. 
And so you know you're not wanted, you know they don't want you in their family picture, and so you get in, but you're so selfish, you so want to ride this ride without lining up, that you don't care that you screw up their photograph, and you don't really care, as long as the person next to you doesn't look like they're gonna puke, you're all good. And so you can bypass the line and you can get in a single rider and you can do it all by yourself. And my daughter suddenly became the age where she could single ride one of her favorite rides. And let me tell you, she single rode that ride 13 times till she was ready to throw up. But let me tell you spiritually, when you go through life as a single rider, you'll get to a point where God wants to throw it up because it's not living how he's called you to live. It's not doing life how he's called you to do it. And though you might get your thrill, and though you might get your money's worth in that moment, that is not the behavior of the house of God or the people of God. We are called to something far different. We're called to a different kind of behavior. So I want to give you in the time I have, if I get through my messages and you know by now, usually I don't but I wanna give you some uncommon behaviors that I am appealing to us to have in our house. I'm appealing to us to think about this, about the way you do life. And as I am talking this morning, can you keep rolling around in your mind the question, who am I in line for? 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 You know, I came to the answer, I'm in line for this church. I'm awake at night for this church. I'm writing messages for this house. They might go elsewhere, but I begin. I'm in line for my team that I'm serving alongside. I'm in line for this community and the community of Leeds and the other places where God will ask us to go. Who are you in line for? Because it will shape the way you live your life. The first thing I wanna suggest to us that is our job and it is uncommon behavior is we need to be willing to start a line. Start a line. Have you ever been to the supermarket and you play that game of guessing as you see everybody lining up with their trolleys and you're like, which one is going to move faster? And you get your cart behind what you think is a fast moving line and then you see they have children and the children are having a meltdown. You're like, maybe this is not a good idea. Or you get in a line and all of a sudden you see the person at the front of the line open their wallet and bring out a hundred coupons. And you're like, oh Jesus, I'm moving line right away. Or you see someone that just has a question about every single thing in their basket and you're like, lady, this is not question and answer. This is a grocery shop buy your groceries. I don't care where they were grown, just take them home with you or grow your own is how I get in lines. So I am the one trying to guess which line is moving first, but I also have discovered something that I have the courage and the boldness now when I see lines backing up in the grocery store to find a staff member and I do something that may seem cheeky, but I don't really care. I go to her and I say, ma'am, if I'm in America, lady, if I'm in England, could you please open a new line? Could you please get a staff member on a till? Could we please get these people served? Could we begin a new line? And I have the courage and the boldness to keep going until somebody appears that has a key to open a till and we start a new line and I can feel the people behind me at the grocery store going, yes, she's our champion. And I wanna turn around and go, you're welcome. You're so welcome, you're so welcome. Because I started a line and by starting a line, guess what? More people got served. 
We are in the business of starting lines for those that no one believes anyone would start a line for. We are in the business of moving people through things and opening opportunities up so people can get in line to pull up the person that no one has ever queued up for in their life. No one's ever, ever said, I'll get in line for you. No one's ever said, I'll save a place for you. Our job is to start a line for those people, to find where they are. There are people all around this building right now that don't even know that someone would open a checkout for them to come through and be served. But we are called to be the uncommon behavior in our world and to start a line. It's not easy. It will have opposition. And I want to show you a woman that had the guts to start a line in Matthew 15, verse 21. It's a story that sometimes you read and you go, Jesus, what were you doing? This is like crazy behavior. I wouldn't think that Jesus would act this way. But this woman, she came and she came because she needed to start a line. And at times in our ministry and in our lives and in the way we act and the way we are with our families, we have to have courage to start a line for those that no one else is bothered to start a line for. Who is it that you are in line for? Who is it that you're supposed to start a line for? It says this woman came, Jesus had withdrawn and a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him. She cried out, Lord, son of mercy, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and he's suffering terribly. Jesus did not say a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out for us. Send her away, she's causing a fuss. She's, she's embarrassing us. She's asking us to deal with this situation. Jesus, send her away. And so he answered her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And this woman, she came and she knelt before him. And she said, Lord, help me. And he replied, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Hello, did you just call me a dog? Did you just say you won't help me, Jesus? Did you just insult and offend me? But she doesn't say that. She doesn't get cross, she doesn't get mad, she doesn't get offended, she doesn't leave the church. She doesn't say, you don't deal with this. What do you mean you don't deal with this? She stays on her knees and she stays in front of him and she says, oh yes, Lord, I get it. Because what he's saying is, I have a line that I have been sent to deal with. And it begins with the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. I have a line that I have to tend to in order to fulfill the mission that is on my life. I have a line that I am ordained by heaven itself to make sure I do the business that God has called me to do. And what he's saying is, I, I, I don't want to offend you, I don't want to, but I have to take care of the line that God has asked me to take care of. And she says, she's not shook off because she wants to start a line. Why? Because her daughter is sick. And so she says, I know, I know, I know, she says. Lord, that I know it, yes it is, Lord, she says. Even the dogs though, they eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She's saying, I don't really care what you give me, but I'm staying here till you open a new register because I wanna start a line for people that are from my neighborhood and from my town. And it says, Jesus said to a woman, you have such great faith, your request has been granted. And at that moment, her daughter was healed. Jesus loves it when we start a line. <laughs> when we get so convinced and so in love with this idea that we actually are empowered, that God is saying, bring to me. Now, you have to know that when you start lines for people, when you begin to stand in line for others, there will be times
times when just like this woman, you face opposition. When people say, well, we can't deal with that and we don't do that and we don't have an answer for that and we don't have resource for that. But you have to be so committed to starting that line that you will overcome the obstacles that so often will come to you, not just from the world, but from inside the church. There can be obstacles to setting something up, starting something, there can be obstacles, but we are called to start a line. We're not called to start a line for our own purposes. We're called to start a line for the needs of others. God is not interested in you starting up your thing. God is interested in you working to start up His thing and then your thing will be blessed. That's why it says seek first the kingdom and all this stuff will be added to you. This woman, she came, though she knew Jesus was not called to serve her and to speak with her. She came and she interrupted him and she said, I'm asking you, would you start the line for my daughter? I'm asking you, would you go beyond your list? Would you go beyond your remit and at least give me a crumb? I'll take anything because I have this conviction in my heart that today you will heal my daughter if I will just start a line. We are called to start lines. Some of you in this church are called to start a line for single parents. It's a passion you're gonna have. You're gonna come to the team and go, man, I just have a passion. How do I serve you? How do I get involved? How do I reach more single parents? Hey, I have this thing in my heart. And they're gonna say, okay, let's talk about it. When you hear the words, let's talk about it, that is not your opportunity to go, see, no one in this church makes room for me. No, that's an opposition. You might say, well, I don't wanna talk about it. I just wanna do it. But we work together as a team. And we say, hey, our heart is to start as many lines as possible, but let's start them well. Let's start them strong. Let's do it together. Let's make sure that when we start this line, people get the miracle that they need that are in the line. You're gonna have ideas of things you wanna start, things you wanna do, and God is gonna say, come on, start a line for those people. Start a line for the refugees. Start a line for the broken. Start a line for the homeless. Whatever it is, let's start some lines and let's come together to make sure that all those that have no one to get in line for them find the church has an uncommon behavior. Can I say some of our lives gets very boring because we're not starting any lines. I mean, as many times as you want to ride single rider, it's pretty boring. It's not as fun when you can't laugh at your mum throwing up. It's not as fun when you can't take selfies with your family. It's not as fun when you're just strapped in on your own. It's not as fun. There's a part of the experience that is missing and a lot of Christians, they're missing part of the experience of what it is God has called us into because you're single riding your Christian faith. You're doing it for yourself and you come in and you drift out, but God needs you to know who are you in line for? Because when you get in line, see when I line up for Santa Claus, somehow when I get to actually meet him, I believe he's real too. Somehow I am the one that wants to take a selfie with Santa. Somehow it gets on me and I get in the moment and I shed a tear. I have started a line in Disney for my kids to see a parade. And I have been the one that have sat there and I've watched tears come down my face more than them. Why? Because there's something about when you live your life in that mindset, when you begin to bring people, when you bring the person to church that lifts their hand and says yes to Jesus, you can't stop the tears flowing down your face because you started a line that got them to church, that got them to Jesus and Jesus reached out and he saved them. Start some lines. 
You wanna live a life that's exciting, who are you in line for? The second thing I wanna urge us to do, and it is uncommon behavior, is stay in line. <laughs> we have sometimes people that are great at starting lines, but they're not so great at staying in line. I'm gonna start a church, awesome. Three years later, see ya. Didn't work out like I thought, wasn't as exciting as I thought, was more hard work. No, 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 we need people that are gonna stay in line. We need people that are gonna hold their ground. We need people that are gonna make sure that they're not distracted by all the things that will come to knock you out of the line. Oh, well, I tried the local church for all of 12 months and now I'm, I'm over it. No, 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 stay in line. Ride it past the awkward, ride it past the uncomfortable, ride it past all those things that you have to battle with. Stay in line. When I was at Disney, I remember my kids wanted to watch the fireworks. We were there on New Year's Eve. It was absolutely a ridiculous idea. We had to go on New Year's Eve. It was a nightmare. Every man and his dog was there for New Year's Eve. But I decided that I was going to save a space right under the castle to see the fireworks. And I was determined. And I wasn't going to save one space. I was going to save four spaces. So I literally camped out on the floor. I had a pram here. It was when the kids were much younger. And I had a stroller here and I had a blanket under my legs and I shall not be moved. My husband was off riding rides. I remember about two hours into standing in line, desperately needing the bathroom. I had no one to come and relieve me of my space in the line. I was like, I can't go to the bathroom. I have to stay in line. I'm gonna have to wet myself. I'm gonna have to stay in line. I literally was like, no one's coming and I can't give up my space. I can't give up my space. And somehow I gutted it through for three and a half hours. While my husband was, I don't know where, probably having a latte, laughing at his wife, but I was determined. We paid all these flaming bucks to Bugs Bunny and whoever, Mickey Mouse, they've got all our dollars. We played all these Disney dollars. I am not gonna have a rubbish view. How was the Bradford in me kicked in? I'm like, I'm gonna have my money's worth. I'm gonna stand here. And so I remember, like, people were fighting me. Movie stroll, I'm like, no. Movie blanket, no. I have fought for this place. I have stood here for two and a half hours. I am staying in line because when that castle lights up, I have the best seat in the house. But I tell you in church, there are times when we just give up, we roll up our blanket, we remove our stroller because I'm tired, it's not happened yet. My breakthrough's not come yet. They haven't got saved yet. I've been driving them to church for six months and there's still no change. I haven't seen the breakthrough I'm looking for. You know, this house of God thing, it's more hard work. I went to life group for three weeks and I didn't really like it. Three weeks, give it three months. Stay in line, let people know you, let your guard down, stay in line. When you stay in line, things happen that can infuriate you. Cue jumpers. You wanna know that there's a cue jumper in the Bible? Yes, there is. There's a cue jumper in the Bible and there was an opportunity for someone to give up their place in the line because they didn't like the cue jumper. Because there was a guy called Jairus and he went to get in line for his daughter. His daughter that was 12 years of age and had an illness that was taking her life. Jairus got in line, he lined up in Luke 8 verse 40. 40. It says he went and got in line and there was a crowd pushing 
And Jairus, he got somehow to the front of the line and he got to Jesus' feet and he said, my daughter is only 12 years and she's dying. She's suddenly dying. And Jesus said, okay, I'm gonna see you in the line today. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna see your daughter. But while they were on their way, a queue jumper came. It was a woman with an issue of blood. And she didn't line up like everybody else. She Kamachi crawled through the crowd. And she got hold of the back of Jesus' robe and Jesus has stopped. Just when he thought, Jesus, it's my turn in the line, Jairus suddenly, suddenly realized, no, Jesus is having an about turn. And as Jesus goes to heal the woman that has come to touch his garment, that has been bleeding for 12 years, news comes to Jairus and they say, Jairus, don't bother the teacher anymore because your daughter is dead. You know, it's at that point when someone else gets the blessing we thought we should have had. When someone else gets the promotion we thought we should have had. When someone else seems to get the guy, and I've been in church looking for a guy for two years. When someone else seems to get the financial miracle. When someone else seems to get what you thought was yours and you were so close. And then this, this woman from nowhere comes along. And Jesus decides to heal her. And whilst he's healing her, your, your child died. And it's at that point you say, I'm not staying in line anymore. I'm going home. And the team around him said, forget it. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Get out of line. Get out of line. See, Jesus' way of dealing with the line is from an entirely different perspective. See, Jairus was in line for his daughter. No one got in line for this woman. She had to get herself physically, in great pain into that line. And Jairus' daughter at age 12 was dying. But this woman, for 12 years, had been dying. Sometimes we don't see the perspective God sees. That's why you just have to stay in line and let God be God, instead of you telling God who he needs to deal with next. Some of you used to serve in this church, but you got out of line because you felt overlooked or nobody really believed in you or you didn't get what it is that you thought you should get. And so you get out of line, you roll your mat up and you get out of line and you walk away. And I want to say to you, no, you stay in line. I know it's not the common behavior, but stay in line because planted in the house you flourish stay in line don't pull your kids out and don't change what you've done for so long now because of this person said this or this person no stay in line where's the grit to stay in line and as they said oh Jairus get out of the line there's no point asking anymore there's no point asking or seeking him anymore it says that Jesus turned to Jairus and said don't you dare she's not dead she's just sleeping and I'm on my way to her but had he left the line he would have never heard those words. Had he left the line, he'd have gone home to a dead daughter. But because he stayed in line, he got his miracle, but so did the woman. God is interested in everyone getting their miracle, but you gotta stay in line. Sometimes it will be you at the front of the queue and sometimes it will be someone else at the front of the queue. But when you trust that God is in charge of the line, you stay in line. Time's gone. 
so much more that I want to say. I'll just leave you with the last point. Our job is not just to start the line. Our job is not just to stay in line, but our job is to get people cross the line. Cross the line. You know, there's a guy that was sat at a pool in Bethesda for over 30 years. The Bible tells the story of this guy that was sick and he was lame and he was crippled and he sat right at the edge of the line, right at the pool where the healing was. And right there was his breakthrough, right there was his miracle. And Jesus said, what's the problem? Do you wanna get well? And he said these words, there's no one to help me in the water. Do you know how many people are on the edge? And if they were to be asked, why have you not said yes? Why have you not gone and got committed? Why have you not, why have you not, why have you not tried that? Why have you not done that? They would say, because no one is here to help me get in the water. I just need someone to get me across this line, across this boundary, across this obstacle. We are here not just to stand in line, but push people across the line. We're not here just to be friends with the world. We're here to also push them into an eternal life. We're not here just to have mates that don't know Jesus. We're here to introduce them to Jesus. We're here to push them over the line. We're not just here to have an okay life. We're here to have an abundant life. And when you want to live a life like that, you have to be willing to cross the line. Don't stay at this side of your excuse. Don't stay at this side of what you see in your natural mind. No, cross the line. Who are you helping? cross the line. You may have seen in the news, the brothers that ran the triathlon. Did anyone see that? These two brothers that ran a triathlon together. I want to just, I know time's gone. Are you okay for two more minutes? Just show the clip because this is what I'm talking about. This is the job of the church. There's a reason Johnny Brownlee is one of the world's best triathletes. Like his older brother Alistair, he makes winning look easy. No question, 26 years of age. It has been a fantastic season for this young man. You know, Today's World Series finale looked to be no different. He, he is in trouble, look, look at, at him. This. Then with the finish line just a few hundred metres away in a second World Series crown in his sights, Johnny hit the wall. He is 400 metres from the finishing line and he does not know where he's at. The Mexican heat too much for the Brit. The 26-year-old's race seemingly over. Alistair's come, 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 he's got him. Alistair, who's never far from Johnny's shoulder in any race, in the right place at the right time. In a moment that, like no other, captures the bond between brothers. That is the most incredible thing I have ever seen in a triathlon. This is absolutely insane. Here comes Richard Murray. The two Bradleys are trying desperately to get across the line. Oh my God, Johnny Bradley in second. To be honest, I wish the uh, Fifth just posted He literally, he literally pushed his brother across the line. He literally, at that last moment where the line was, took his step back so he could launch his brother forward across the line. That is uncommon behavior in a world that competes and strives and is all about what they want or they can get. In a world that says, make as much money as you can and then keep it to yourself. In a world that says, segregate and lock the doors and don't come together. I tell you, we're called to uncommon behavior and my challenge is to you. Who are you in line for? I'm in line for my family. I'm in line for my kids, for my marriage, for my husband, but it's gotta go beyond that. 
Because how do we ever reach a world if we only just take care of those inside our four walls? And so I'm asking you, this has been a series about home. We are building a house here. If you're part of this house, where are you serving? Because that's you getting in line for someone else. Where are you investing? That's you getting in line for someone else. You might say, well, I, I don't need to serve. You know, I, you know I, don't, I, don't, I don't get anything from it. No, 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 it's not about you getting something from it. No more than it's about me getting something from seeing Santa Claus. But every time I do, I do get something from it. There's a joy that comes with this uncommon behaviour. And I'm asking us, will we commit to get in line, start the line? Who do you need to start the line for? Where do you need to recommit this week? Maybe some of you, some of you got a heart for elderly people. We need more people in our church that'll just sit with elderly people. Go visit them, go sit with them, say, hey, I didn't know there was a ministry that did that. I would love to start that line. I'd love to be in that line. We need more youth workers, more kids workers. We need more people involved behind the scenes. We need more people involved in the community outreach, feeding the homeless every week. And we need more people helping train. Some of you are amazing trainers and you're not using it here, using it for a wage, but that's not, that's not uncommon. When we use our skill for a pay packet, that's common. But when we use our skill to benefit others with no seen benefit for ourselves, that's uncommon. That's the church. Stand to our feet all around the room. Just close your eyes where you are. We'll be out of here in the next few moments. No one moving around right now apart from staff. It's uncommon to stay where you are and not rush to your car and get out of the car park first, but we're building an uncommon church. We're building a church that prefers others and waits till all that need to be helped have been helped. With your eyes closed, I'm just asking you to roll around this question in your mind again. Who are you in line for? Think about it. And if you're in here and you say, well, I'm in line for this, but I feel challenged today that I'm supposed to start a new line. And I'm urging you today to go away and talk about it. Have the guts to overcome the obstacles, to begin to start some lines that will begin to let other people know this God that can set them free. Who do you need to stay in line for? Stop being nudged out of line by other people's opinions, other people's agendas, stop it. Stay in line, stay at your post, stay in line. Hey, thanks so much for spending this time together. And now we pray and makes a difference practically and in everything you face, every challenge, every difficulty, every circumstance. We really pray that you remember that God is for you.